Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Here I am, Bob Forrest Dr. with Dr. Drew. Drew. Another episode of uh, This Life, and it's a distinct privilege to welcome our friend. Our soldier. <laughs> Shelly Sprague. Here you are. Hi! So good to be here. So, so happy. To see you. So happy to be here. Happy to see you guys. I know. It's so nice to see you. We never get to see you anymore, even though you're just right up here on the hill. Where, are you living You're living over this way now, right? I'm living in Cypress Park. Where that is. Um, we built a house. Well, you, I remember you built that yes, house. You're working on forever. It's a yes, fancy for way of saying Mount Washington. Oh, Mount Washington. Okay. And, <laughs> and it, it was a pain way. in your ass for the longest time. Did it work oh, out? Oh, hello. Hello. And your dad was doing the contracting, oh, right? Oh, hello. It, <laughs> City yeah, of Los I Angeles mean, Building Commission? Hello. Oh. I mean, really, people. And it all, it's all good, though, right? Problems. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Only, I only went about around the bend a couple of times. Uh-oh. We only, only almost filed bankruptcy, I don't know, maybe it was two or three times. Oh, no. But, uh, no, everything's great. Because the Everything house? is so great. Yes. Uh. Well, we bit off a little tiny bit more than we could chew. And we say we. Uh, my dad and I. Oh, yeah. together you did this. Yeah, we did this together. Joint venture. It was oh. a very, yeah, it was a joint venture. And Working then, with and family then always is pleasant. It was, it got a little bit dodgy <laughs> because my dad refused to go deal with the city anymore because he has a little personality, right? Yeah. And he's like, I refuse to go down there. You have to do it. Like, I don't know anything about construction. So they were running me all around there. Go to window three. No, you need to go down to floor two. No, you need to go back to six. It's so oh, no, you forgot silly. this. I was what like, does that accomplish? Oh. build a fucking house. I've decided, it guys. It keeps you from building a house. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have decided there is an enemy in society, and it's called bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. Can I get a witness? That is just I'm that here. bureaucratic nightmare. I mean, it will literally, I don't know. It was five years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was five years. It was five years, but now it's- Five years to build a house. (laughs) My dad said, yeah, it's- That's insane when you think about what goes into building a house. It's insane. It takes like three months to build a house, really. It's crazy, A lot of it is getting stuff approved and blah, blah, Everything was getting it approved. Yeah, and then it seems like the- the We had to strong arm the the plans plans guy. We had to come in there and just strong arm him. And there's so many things that take time. Yeah, you have to get this thing in order before you can get that thing. But then, yeah, you have to finish this. They can come back and review it. It was like five years at the DMV. Oh. (laughs) So so now you're up still at PRC. What's your job up there? Yes. Passing Recovery Um, Center. I am. Well, she's been up there the whole time. I know. Six years. Wow. Six. And is uh, McKenzie up there still? Yes. Great. Yes. Is she talking about more uh, publicly about the evolution of her disease or anything? Is she sharing more about that? That I don't know because yeah. I just, I'm really, really on the front lines. I don't have time yeah. to talk about anything. They got a 15 except... person caseload over there. Oh my God. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a factory worker. Oh, let's face it. Jesus. You know, there I do social work. I do, uh, I do dual diagnosis. I do chemical dependency. I do families. I wash the dishes if I have to. What's I mean, I'm literally like everything. What's this the is the modern mechanisms of Obamacare. Oh, I know. Goodness. Believe me, I know that. I am literally. I am literally. I feel like I'm a riveter. Do you just do with you, people in are, their lives? Are more people gaining access to treatment? Yeah, for sure they are. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But again, you know, it's about the motivation of the person. Yeah, I can treat people all day long. This is your dopamine theory again. Uh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> look at look at my necklace. Mackenzie gave this to me. What is this, Drew? That's a what dopamine molecule. That's right. <laughs> oh my That's God! Right. You're dopamine kidding molecule. me. I am not joking. Oh my God! I am not joking. I have decided that everything comes down to this molecule. There's something a little off about it though is I can't quite figure out that's what six yeah. years, oh, but that's great. what six years of working with drug addicts 15 a day <laughs> will do life, to you my life has become one neurotransmitter that's, so that's a, funny. it's all boiled down to well, that well but it's all about motivation right I completely mean, that, yeah and everything so how do you change you know, the uh eisenhower quoted excuse eisenhower eyes Einstein mm -hmm. quoted Schopenhauer once with a mm -hmm. quote that I love. And I don't know if Schopenhauer even said it, but he, he attributed it to Schopenhauer. He Schopenhauer, said, the great mm -hmm. philosopher. Yes, he said, a man can do whatever he wants. He just can't will what he wants. True. So your wants and desires, true. your motivations, you can't will your motivations. You can't. So how do you change motivation? That is the, well, that I is try the, to scare them first. Okay, so use Usually your, your, I use the scare tactic. You're going to die. You're, you're going to die. die. Or you're going to, yeah, you're That doesn't die. work, then what? No, 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 sometimes that Incarceration's works. Incarceration's more sometimes scary than dying. Okay, so well, right, for, well, for an yes, antisocial. And, and, and then I, <laughs> right. Somebody really doesn't want to be told what to do. Right, <laughs> right. He'd yeah, rather die was, than be told what to do. Oh, for sure <laughs> I would. For sure. Is there a question in that? No, I better change something. Well, well, well. Um, I can ease them into it. I can charm them into it. I can do a tap dance. I can uh, stand on my head. Um, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, you get the money cut up. off. You goes, get the money cut off. Yeah, but they'll just find some other way. These Often. kids aren't afraid to. When you say kids, get what's the average age now? Um, you know, I'm looking at people who basically at that facility is like. 18 to 25. Isn't that oh, crazy, that's mostly what you're Drew? doing now. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah, not a typically the, ready, motiv motivated population. That's the whole Hello. population of drug treatment in America. Yep. 18 to 25? Yes. Mm -hmm. what, and is it mostly they get going on pills or what? Yep. Ugh. The exact thing that I'm going to tell they you. start on pills and then they're doing crazy. heroin probably only for not even a year even by a the year, time they go to treatment. But they're shooting it and they don't know what they're doing and they don't know what they're doing and they're dying. Of what? Overdoses because they don't know what they're doing. Bob, remember I'm when we you. remember when we got clean? Remember, yeah. like, remember nobody would even show us how to do it. Right. Nobody would even show us. We had to like beg to find oh, out to how learn to do how drugs. To shoot up? We wouldn't. People were like, "No, we're not giving you heroin." I had to find no. girls that knew how to do it already. Right. We had to find people. You couldn't just go to the internet and find out how to do all of these things. Right. You know, you had to get down into you had to the meet people. So it, been, it sounds. Why are you scrunching up your face? No, because that's the truth. No, that's I, the same missing, thing I was saying. You're misreading me today. A whole okay, bunch. Okay. Well, I was scrunching my face <laughs> because it sounds like that would be harder than it would be then today. So why to are they get getting high? They, Absolutely. No, that they should know more about. Why oh. are they less why are they more clueless? Well, they're they're more clueless because they don't have they don't have a hierarchy 
in in their in their little junkie world. There's no mentors of junkies. Yeah, there's no people. So they don't know what to trust. They just go to the internet and do whatever. We haven't talked about this, and this is exactly what I was talking about. When I was OD, my eyes were rolling back in my head at the Club Lingerie in 1983. Top Jimmy Jimmy walked up to me and slapped me as hard as you can slap a person in the face and goes, what the fuck are you doing, Bob? Yeah. That's an you got old junkie saying, you, got you don't fucking do that. There's nobody doing that to these kids. There was, an, there was a junkie code, Drew. There was. I'm telling you. There really was. I couldn't even get dope for years because I was too young and they didn't want to give it to they me wouldn't because sell they it knew. Because they knew what was going to happen to me if I so did. So who are the suppliers now that are so liberal with it? Uh, big Farm, pharma. Uh, pharma. <laughs> no, no, no. I know that's where it gets going. But and once they get to heroin. Well, once they've experienced it, they're going to do it. Yeah, they're, they're done. We're talking about exposure. How did, how did somebody who comes from a middle-class background, a middle-class background from Orange County and Downey end up oh, junkies well. in Hollywood? You had to seek that out and you had to be kind of allowed in and mm-hmm. taught. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and nobody's teaching. There's this get on Vicodin because you hurt your leg playing football. And the next thing you know, you're smoking heroin. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're shooting heroin because you know how to go on the Internet and find out how to do it. There's no mm-hmm. there's no there's no structure. You, there's, there's no, structure no drug, drug addict use. structure anymore. Make sense of what we're telling you. Drew. I, I'm trying to. <laughs> I know it makes junkie sense. There was well, a we respect. Had, we had no access to pills, number one. Okay, right. so that was off the table. Right. Could you get a triplicate stri- script? No, Bob? I could get black beauties. Yeah. Though. That's okay. Would you even have thought about it? No, no. it's uh, that's yeah. the first time we had, I'll say his name, Pat W. at Los Encinas was one of the first prescription drug addicts I knew. Old guy that I knew from junkiedom, right? Uh-huh. He's on pills. I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you even go to rehab if you're on pills? Yeah. That was my reaction in 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't because even, it just doesn't like even make it's sense. Not, it's, and to it know that it's more too. deadly, more destructive, and that it's brought to you by Walgreens, CVS, and Merck, it's, a, it's, it's like, it's insane what this country has become. But people, there's a weird thing that people believe that doctors are getting paid to prescribe opiates or something weird. Of course. They don't. They're, that's what they're saying. No, they, they don't, but they get paid by the patient when they run out. Suboxone visit. Hold on a second. What do you mean pay by the patient? Well, because the patient. Well, they get a visit. They get a visit. They charge five hundred dollars cash, Drew. Some of them just charge their Medicare rate. That's it. Some do. The question is, how do you how do you create a busy practice if you're untalented and not good? I just I can treat pain. Treat pain. Well, I, don't, I don't mean pain. everybody treats pain. It's untalented, not good. But I mean, right. that, that's what people do. They no, get but the most of population. them aren't pain management doctors. I, that's not I the know, ones I that I'm going, that right. I'm seeing. Listen. They go to GPs up right. in Sierra Madre, and they just dole out the pills. Right. And they have... You see, the ones going to prison now. Yeah, thank goodness, yeah. because this is just absolutely an outrage. Right. Believe me, she did not get making anything from drug companies. No, I don't think. one thing. No, she was making money in her private practice off the gate. Yeah, she was just seeing quarterly, hourly wages and was charging per visit, and that's that. Now, the Suboxone story is more pernicious, if you ask me. Because because they got in with the National Student Drug Abuse, and they got them to sign on board, and they funded the research. That's how shit happens. Yeah. And now they've got every doctor on earth signed on. No, but there are certain doctors. There is a doctor I know that has three clinics, 500, 600, 700 patients per clinic per month 
five hundred dollars a head. For what? That's a lot to for get the visit to get your Suboxone read. That's done. ridiculous. It's That's insane. going on all over the city, it's Drew. Insane. That's um, a well, lot of money. Plenty of people are doing it just for their their copay. Believe me. And what's that? Forty five dollars? Uh, three bucks, ten bucks. You know, it depends. They definitely. No. But here's my, I get thirty six dollars a visit. Here's my. Oh my gosh. A I visit. know that it's so For, bad. And, and I have to document. I have to show how I documented that I spent a fifteen minutes there, and I'll have to do ten minutes of paperwork. Yes. To get the fifteen minute payment. Yes. So yes. so maybe there's good doctors Ugh. that are going fuck that. I'll just see patients maybe. for private pay maybe. through an urgent care or whatever. No, through their own. Their own place. Their practice. Yeah. A lot of my clients get their pills from urgent cares. I don't know how. I don't, I've never asked that deeply. You, they just know the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Urgent care has got to move people. Yeah, it's, it's got to move people through, and it's it's you, your pain is so bad. And you they have and, and they have a mentality and, and, too at urgent cares where they need to treat people automatically, right. very quickly, and, and a, move them through. It's an emergency, and they get paid mm-hmm. top dollar for it, and they need yes. patient satisfaction surveys. Yes, and you know <laughs> it is very important to treat. You know that you can go in Santa Ana and Santa Ana. Uh, uh, not Santa Ana, Van Nuys on Van Nuys Boulevard, Drew, and go to seven pain uh, uh, urgent cares going up the boulevard right, from we, the we, courthouse. We're we're tickling our own sort of misery okay, with this, me, but we're but, boring everybody. But let with me this. tell you, yeah. let me tell you what I've decided that Suboxone is good for. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've figured this out because it is good for something. It is good for yeah. something. Okay, so I've figured it out. People who have chronic pain yep. and cannot do anything about it due to whatever conditions they have, I think that's a good medicine. I totally agree. I think and, that's yep. a very good medicine. And I also think that it is good for people who are pre-contemplative for recovery and contemplative for recovery, but they need to be told that. And, and right, they're not being they treated. They need to be told that. Cured, right. right, they need to be told that, okay, you're not ready yet for this type of treatment but they're selling it as it's a better treatment a more effective treatment a a lifelong treatment and that's a lie that's just an a lie so i say i can use it for saying okay this person's not ready for recovery will will it delay them getting ready i don't think so because because the the receptors are wide open they're still acting out in the same behaviors none of them get their life together on it so it's just a way it's just another avenue i think to exhaust now that they've kind of put up another roadblock for us to exhaust that option i think it delays delays okay but but it's safer but it's a lot safer that's what i think it's a lot do you remember the hbo special about addiction in america the norcoff norcoff um that was way behind pushing the idea of suboxone maybe this is the future the example they gave was a young man about 20 years old 22 years old he had a girlfriend he worked in a fast food uh thing as a fry cook right that's what they were saying was success through suboxone right yep you can do that being on heroin but right you you know what i mean i don't see how that's Well, what you're getting at is what is... Recovery. That was the best example yeah. of Suboxone success yes. they could find to put on HBO. Right, well, magically... Because there are no <laughs> success notice, stories on well, Suboxone. Well, you'll notice no professionals are on Suboxone. Hmm. Hmm. No doctors, and, and, and no lawyers. I say, and I get into... No jet fighter pilots. I cannot tell you how bad this has become in our field. It has become a nightmare. It's become so bad and such a struggle that I can't even work with doctors anymore. I can't even work with them because you know what they say? 
that I'm wrong, that I can't be who I am or right. stay sober You're- without Suboxone, that I there's something seriously different about me and these other people could never achieve what I've achieved. And I'm wrong and I'm in a cult and I don't know what I'm talking about and I don't know anything. And you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. And these people are telling me this stuff. And let me tell you, it's really difficult to tolerate. I'm like, I'm going to put my hands on you. That's why I'm not doing it anymore. So let and me, I and I get it. I totally get it. So what we it. need is if there are suboxone lifelong suboxone success stories, yep. we need those people to step out of the the secrecy and say, mm-hmm. "I've been on suboxone for 20 years and it's I'm a state senator me. and it's working for me, but nobody even wants to do that." Drew, let alone the doctors, lawyers, fi- uh, airline pilots, n- police officers, fire are not allowed to be on it and perform their duties as a job. We have nobody in society saying hey i'll be the poster child for suboxone success how come that is if it's the greatest drug in addiction history i don't know where are the studies oh there's lots of studies okay there's lots of studies but, and, but it's but it's outcomes and what are the yeah outcomes? what are the outcomes and it's, it's the big, there's flaw how many times you use in a calendar year is one that i saw well there's flawed okay. in addiction studies generally it's you know they they don't have endpoints of sobriety it's always okay. reduced right, they right. often rely on the patient reporting oh they typically lose track of three quarters of the patients not surprising and their time horizons are very short right their success rate is one year four months six months yeah full remission one year and so it brings in the really serious question is what is recovery Mm -hmm. and what, what are we aiming for what do we want for our patients and and i think the three of us have always wanted to at least have be able to offer the possibility of a flourishing life. A completely a flurry, flourishing whatever life. you want to do the work, you can become. Yeah. That's what we want to tell people yeah. because I think it's true. I mean, look at Jason Waller. Look at Shelly. I mean, I mean, it's This guy it's Don possible. I saw at the store last night. Now, it's hard and now it's not for everybody, but the fact that we are going to throw that away... I think it sells people very, very short and it tells yeah. them the wrong message about themselves. I agree. I think it's under supportive. Yeah. And I think selling them out to, oh, you have to just take this and that's as good and as it's going to get for you. what's wrong with trying to taper them off it? You know, really working to taper them off. They're, they're so fearful the patient's being uncomfortable. I know. I hear this all the time. We don't want them to suffer. Oh, that's our society, though. We don't that's want how we them got to into suffer. this. We got into this mess to begin with. So your back hurts. I don't give a fuck. So does mine. Yeah, I know. Mine you does know what too. I mean? But somehow <laughs> yeah, we got to take drugs now. <laughs> but that's all of America now. It's all all of America. So so here's here's Jesus. what I think is happening. The true real As recovery. What it. you try call real <laughs> recovery is happening and and actuating. In a more cult-like way than I would like. Around Jason, around me, around Shelly. Oh. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And that power or uh. that influence you have in other people's lives, you have to respect it. Yeah, yeah. And it's frightening because it can go to that guy, Chris, who had that recovery program here that the mm-hmm. LA Weekly did the article about. And what People, happened? well, I started taking advantage financially, sexually, mm-hmm. that... But if you're going to create these cults of personality based on real recovery, which is based on inspiration, it's very much like a religion almost. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I understand it. So yeah. the responsibility of the elders, I call them. Donald, to me, it was Gloria Scott, Buddy Arnold, Donald Madden. They taught me well. They taught Earl Hightower well. And we teach, and it just carries on, right? No, and that, it's ultimately about being willing to maintain boundaries. And, that, and people don't, people in authority don't maintain boundaries. Well, it's difficult, because people don't like boundaries, Drew. I know. Do they? No. No, they don't. It takes three months. takes three months for someone to tolerate a boundary that's new. But I, I imitate Drew sometimes. I just did it last week. So my house, manager, <laughs> my house manager moved out of my sober living. I thought, well, I'll oversee it for a while. Those guys are doing good. They're all good guys. They'll <laughs> do the right thing. And there was nobody living there for two days. Okay. They had girls spending the night, crazy yes. shit going on. The outpatient calls me. Oh, my goodness. I go marching in there like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? And they're looking at me like this is the first time they ever saw me mad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just uh, I kind of overdid it like That's you right. do sometimes. That's right. It's a perfect. <laughs> it's a therapeutic intervention. <laughs> They've been so scared for like a week. I love this therapeutic intervention. Where, where can I get them? <laughs> You know, you got to raise that voice Shelley, like our dad. Shelly does it with, you're going to die, you're going to die. Yes. All right, we got to take a quick break. Be right back. Okay. Bye-bye. I'd like to introduce you all to our latest sponsor. It is the Rocky Mountain Treatment Center. They're in Montana. And if you've been listening to anything that Bob and I have been talking about over the years, you know that we're very particular about an addiction treatment. We don't uh, take recommendations lightly, so we've looked into these guys pretty carefully. And the Rocky Mountain Treatment Center happens to be one uh, I am able to recommend, and I'm happy to do so. They focus on individualized treatment of the patients, uh, including their entire well-being based on a biopsychosocial model. This is what Bob and I have done for years and years. Uh, they don't just look at addiction. They look at the psychiatric issues, the psychological issues, the trauma issues, all aspects of the physical and mental health. And of course, you've uh, heard me stress the importance of this uh, for long-term success. There's staying sober, but there's what I call real recovery, which is dealing with all the risk factors that set people up for bad addiction. They're in Great Falls, Montana. It's a 26-bed facility surrounded by amazing Montana landscape. Patients can have a range of recreational therapies, including equine therapy. For more information on Rocky Mountain Treatment Center, click on their banner on the thislifepodcast.com website or at drdo.com or visit their site at rocky.rehab. That is simply R-O-C-K-Y dot rehab. And we're back, Drew. Hey, man, what's happening? Okay, so this is the deal. We're going to do Celebrity Rehab. That's why we got Shelly here. We're going to do it again, Shelly. No way. We're going to do it in Laguna Beach. (laughs) We're going to do it in Laguna Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. Laguna. Too Too far. far We'll get you a town car to pick you up in the morning. That'll work. All right. Okay. But we're going to do it because America needs it. They do? What do they, they need do. this time? What do because they need? Because we've got to get out here and talk about what we just talked about. Now more so than ever. Now more than we seven years shout ago. We from the rooftops. We're going we're <laughs> to say that real recovery is possible. Yeah, because we're still doing it, Bob. And the we're problem the least of, likely to succeed. I figured out the economic problem, which is we associate with a treatment center mm-hmm. that gives the aftercare that you and I oversee so we don't have to do it all 24 hours a day. Okay. There well, you I go. was like J- done like, deal, I mean, like, like Jason like Waller. Jason's oh, I still think yes. we'd have to do the op- <laughs> the initial thing here, though. Why right. is that? Because it's close to your house. It's it's the only way. I can, <laughs> no, it's the only way I can schedule it. But right. also, they know how to do it. How to do the production part? Yeah, they know how it's to do all it. Set up. You've got it. All right, use your brain to figure out how to get PR for the place that really does all the treatment. 
Which is Jason's place? Yes. You mean the, the Laguna Beach thing? Yes. Well, we'll we'll go down there and show them and talk about it and have a whole second. Maybe it's that. half and half. Maybe it's five episodes, six episodes. So you could do a sober and house. five or six. Yeah, there. you could do. Um, you can do the uh, the continual. Let's do the whole journey over twelve episodes. Yeah, twelve I'm episodes. That. We, what we could do though is mm-hmm. sort of maybe take like a two month break and then go back in and do a sober house. You know, see how they're Later, doing. Later, kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe we give them a little more treatment before they're ready so, to do that. Uh, Susan was my wife was interested in how, how you experienced celebrity rehab. What was like for you? Well, um, first of all. Very steep learning curve. <laughs> Very steep. First of all, I am not a camera person. I don't like to be in front of the camera. So that whole aspect took me about 72 hours to even come into my body and be present because I, I really did not know how to do that that at all. And but, then, the, but there was nothing to do except just just learn to tolerate yeah, it. Yeah. But it was very hard for me to tolerate yeah. that. I really am very not uh, in front of the camera kind of person. Yeah. So that was difficult. And then the learning curve about the patients coming in, their motivation, how it was skewed, how then we became, you know, these sort of people where they started to split us, right? And Drew was the popular one, so it was easy to split me out all the time. Shelly's the and, bad one. And so I was the bad one. Now, that's okay. I'm not trying to win popularity contests, but when, you know, it, over time, everybody it, it on you. splits you as the, you know, the demon, and then he's like the savior, then, you know. It's that, like at home, she That's said. just what oh, it's, it's like, like at home. home. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Susan, so we have a lot to talk about. Not on... Not, but one of not the things live. I noticed that got off, got off the bat wrong is Shelly really isn't that person. I know. But she was that but person, we could, we, and she became that person because that's what we needed. But, well... To be we needed, f- yeah. To, we they, needed Barry, is what we needed, and yeah. we got Shelly to be Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little Sorry. cuter. Yeah, quite a bit. Sorry, tiny bit cuter than Barry, but, and, and, but and, not as good at taking. Yeah. The, oh the, yeah, the, for the, sure. The fire, right? Yeah. He had, you know, so much no better of a style. But I'm much better now. I'm much better now. Are you? Oh yes. But I'm I do you remember. Do you remember the stuff that people didn't see? Do you ever walking down the street with me? That <laughs> yes, because I was coming unglued. <laughs> you know, I am recovering. Susan. You know. Yeah, like, I, know. I am recovering. Like I'm not just FYI. Like I'm not wrapped as tightly as Dr. Drew. Okay, <laughs> let's just face that right now. All right, I, I'm just not. So what he could handle is some like you know I'm like tip of the iceberg to compare to <laughs> what you can, you've seen and what you could handle. I was very affected because I didn't have my chops. You know, I wasn't prepped for for that no, heavy none of us artillery knew. Yeah, none of us that really they were knew. coming at me, right? Yeah, and but they were they, sick. They were super duper sick. Oh my gosh. They were so sick and so manipulative and yeah. so access to you. But yeah. You can look get, that up if get, you want. And it was so difficult because I didn't have those chops. Let's you know, go back though. My concern initially that before we even did the first season was they're not going to talk on television. They're not going to be assholes. They're not going to do what we know addicts do in treatment because of the cameras. And from the get go, that was not true. They're <laughs> fucking going to be drug addicts or drug addicts or drug addicts. <laughs> doesn't matter no whether it's cameras <laughs> yeah, or not. Yeah. And that just surprised me. It really did. That didn't surprise me. It didn't? No. 
No, that one. Well, I think I everybody when, gets used to it. I mean, I got used to the camera. Yeah, you look used at me. To it, right, you know, right. <laughs> she hated, it, didn't saying. like it. And yeah. So anybody gets used to it. But but my thing was, I kept telling, I kept telling everybody, just don't worry about it. It's, it's going to be fine. Stuff happens. Don't yes. you have to do anything. Just let us do our job. Oh, my clinical floor is as bizarre and crazy as that on a daily basis. Yeah. The female side, hello. Is that primarily what you do, the female side? I do both sides, but yeah. I mean, our clinical floor is crazy. It's so, all the same. It's all exactly the same as what you saw on TV, on television. But not famous people with ex- no cameras. Right. No cameras, exactly the same. People are sneaking into each other's rooms. People are trying to get their cell phones. People are trying to keep their cell phones. I had a kid give me a fake like like cardboard thing with a battery pack in it to <laughs> trick me into thinking he gave me his phone. <laughs> Like I'm talking like they're really serious about this. God, it's you so know? so wearing to just, do this constantly. Now I just laugh Policing. and it's like I'm yeah. like, nice work. Nice work. Yeah. You almost got away with the kid. Better luck next time. All right, we're moving on. Imagine how police actually feel. Oh well, God. I think that's how we feel a little bit. We get to see the worst and the most animosity. Yeah, on the on that front lines. But it's the same. The outcomes Drew, the outcomes for celebrity rehab are exactly the same as in real life. Oh, of course. The the some drama, people die, some the people drama get better, was exactly some people the same. Yeah. Same, the same stuff. Yeah. Same motivations, same difficulty with families, same difficulty with getting them to do what they needed to do. Same difficulty. And so let's get to a point that I get criticized a lot from the twelve step world is treatment really has no effect on drug addicts. Oh. Motivation <laughs> is what creates willingness which if you just go to AA, you'll be fine. You don't need to go to rehab. What do you say to that, Dr. Drew? The, the, while everyone knows I'm a fan of 12-step and it, it's, the data is clear, it has a tremendous impact on the outcomes for addicts. Amen. It's often not the whole... You got to get them... You got to make them... My, my feeling is you have to get them in position where 12-step is possible. Where they, you Agreed. Know, you know, the, the, it's a, if you're just going to let the anybody just trickle in when they're ready, you're going to lose a lot of people that you could have gotten in. Yeah, motivational interviewing, CBT, just connecting to Shelly, looking at her dopamine necklace. <laughs> but but we don't ideally do things right, and let's look at it from a different perspective. So once we know a client for two or three weeks is just needs to go to twelve step and just be sober, we rarely discharge them to twelve step. Those that are resistant, we always just. I always he, mean, he means not, just no just 12 step. no. If they're paid, right. if they're paid, they're going to stay until they're done paying. Well, <laughs> let me let me just be if honest. I'm own, just going to be but, honest. Then there's the people we know are going to benefit. None should be out using and suffering because right. this is not. They're just ruining this for everyone else. Okay, they're never discharged because they're can, paying. Because you can't uh, professionally. You can't. No, no, it's because no, they're paying. You can't. you can't take that liability. Mm-mm. You can't say. You can tell the person, I don't think you're done, but we'll continue to struggle with you, but you can't say, get out of here because it's my opinion. You're you're, you're dangerously sick. I ain't going to treat you. That's against the law. Totally against the law. I have to come up with... I have You can kick anybody out of rehab AMA. in two seconds. You can no, refer you them to other rehabs. You have to refer them out, Drew. I the mean, Salvation Army. No, you the can't Salvation say, Army. No, not, not because you, the, can't, you, gotta, no, because you be a, can't get an appointment. And it's got to be the appropriate level of care. Clean. Yeah, they have to be prepared. To, you have to, they have to have medications yep. for it to for send transfer. someone to, to Salvation Army. Just, you know, that program. They have to have three months of medication ahead of time. Yeah. They won't even take them. If they have anything in their but system, they won't take them. But the point is, it has to be referral, them. appropriate referrals. All right. So they're referred to a place they can't afford. The, the, <laughs> it's true. But you, you, it, if, 
if you sabotage them. It's then... patient dumping. It happens all, right, what, all the so time. What, so what's... I get the dumping patience on me, and I figure it out. I have to figure it out. I have to figure out what we're going to do with these guys. Yeah. Because I don't... That's it doesn't matter to me if they're motivated or they're not motivated. They're still a patient. Right. You have a, you have a have job to, to do. And they have to be treated. Right. No. Well, I'm just saying there's there's the people who, who really should be in treatment are the contemplative people. Mm-hmm. The yeah. people who are resistant and don't want anything to do with it. And after a few weeks, you realize there's nothing they're benefiting from this. And they're harming other people with their opposition to change yeah. or compliance. Right. They're never kicked out anymore. Anymore. Uh, truthfully. Why aren't they stepped and, up to a higher level of and, care? Go to the impact, something like that. Um, because they're not, they're not, they're not motivated. They're, they have criteria <laughs> of motivation criteria. that can help an impact. Yeah, they do have real serious criteria. We get all the people who are, you know, unmotivated and, you know, pre-contemplative and mm-hmm. resistant. And we get those guys. But I don't think that it's all for nothing, Bob. Like, no, I don't I'm saying think the contemplative people are the people who interest me. Because mm-hmm. that's where you can do your work and you can try I, to help them along the, the way. The resistant over three ones interest pe- me. Because that's the big challenge is breaking down that resistance and mm-hmm. finding some motivation. It does ruin it for all the rest of the people. And then you lose some of the other people. They'll discharge because they don't want to be around it. Well, if they, de- you know, if you, if you can't maintain, if you, if you just need more structure. I, right. If you develop <laughs> you a toxic environment, that's, again, people like me have to solve that problem. Right. Well, we do with so celebrity rehab. It. How many people on celebrity rehab would have been kicked out? Several. Several. Lots of right? them. Oh, look at this Hi. kid. There he hey. is. It's Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> What's, What's going Holmes? on? What's happening, Holmes? Hello. Gra- grab a mic. <laughs> She's so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> Shelly loves Rudy. Come on, eh? Hey, what's up, Haina? <laughs> <laughs> I like your hair that color. Hey, doesn't it look good? Reminds me of my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> she used to dye it all like, but she had red streaks, you know, like, it, you know, to keep it yeah. looking. Like. I, I'm going to work on that for the next time. And hers was like a little crunchier, like yeah, a little, you know, crispier. Yeah, a little crispier. more aquanut. Yeah. <laughs> crispier. Yeah. We're not wearing that kind You've of never seen these two together, Bob. I have. We've so seen Rudy and together, okay. yeah. Was it Rudy or was it... Yeah, Rudy, okay. I, I love lines or something. Okay, right. I know. Well, I live in Cypress Park, eh? Orale. It's like, <laughs> keep it real. That's I like right. that. I, I bet, like, one of these days when I get off work, I could come visit, you know, maybe bring some, like, some poppers. Pop- <laughs> 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 you, some might, you might cause her to relapse for you. Mango juice. I, I heard that's not like a, it doesn't trigger the same yeah, it does. shit All up it in does is kill brain cells. It doesn't really stimulate it dopamine. Them. But, but, but we were because talking about It kills brain cells and buttholes, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it does. <laughs> that's what it does, fool. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's right. So uh, we're yes. far afield. So Rudy, are you contemplating sobriety? That's what we heard. Like I, I I've already <laughs> cut out like all the real drugs, but like you know, I still I still smoke the yesca dog. You know, because I got to keep my head right. No Sherman, that. No, no, I no. I don't dip I don't dip my cigarettes no more, mm-hmm. dog. You know, I don't <laughs> smoke the wet. I don't like no more. Why? No more. Why do you not smoke it? Because like uh, now I'm trying to keep my life you know in line now that i got i feel like i got a second chance he's got a job and he's got work you know since i got out of the mm-hmm. pen i thought i was telling drew like um like the last day before i got out i the virgin mary came to my my pen oh, my, my cell dog and she talked to me she like she's like rudy you gotta like make good on you know on, on all the, the stuff that you've done wrong and like you gotta like make amends with your family because you abandoned them 
and you're being just like your your father who abandoned you and i was like damn i was like this bitch that's real she like only comes out to give me bad news <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she's really depressing she, she virgin mary understands virgin intergenerational mary. transmission of trauma <laughs> Repetition compulsion. Wow, how does she, she know this? Well, because she's all knowing. She, lo, she, she's Jesus' mother, isn't oh, she? Oh, that's right. She should know things. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. like she understands trauma because she had to explain oh, to her son right. that like he has no father. Oh yeah, like you know, yeah, yeah. just like me, because her yeah. father, her son's father was God, and he didn't right. like he he didn't come down, like, stick around. He yeah. wasn't there. And then she he had abandoned. to say like he she had abandoned. to say like, hey, you're Jewish and eventually there's going to be a bunch of vatos come and beat you up and hang you. Right. And that's going to suck. That's going to really suck. <laughs> like, I can't imagine saying that to my kids. Like, hey, eventually people for no reason are going to like put hammer, layer and hammer your hands to a cross. Ooh. That would suck. Nasty. Yeah. That's gonna Christmas, such trauma. Dark. I was I was cutting I was dark. cutting limes for Coronas like at a Raider game in '86, mm-hmm. and I cut my finger my finger right here, mm-hmm. and that was bad. I can't imagine like a big nail, Ow, like, right? A nail hand. right through <laughs> the middle of your hands, holding your body weight up by a cross. Ow. Oh my god! That's a, it's good motivation for a diet, though. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, <laughs> I better lay off the I better lay off you the chilaquiles if I'm gonna be hanging by my hand. So we were talking about motivation. I want to get back to motivation a little bit because that that to me fascinates me. You know how you get people because you, you, we were decided. talking about patients we did or didn't like talking. Doesn't creating. kicking unmotivated clients out motivate them to maybe be willing? Yes, that's there are the people, point. There, yes, there are people that. So have how out. many people on celebrity rehab should we have kicked out? Jason Davis for sure. Yeah, th- that was the one but thing. But he had that arm thing. He had the. Like, he was, the look he at had you two codependents. No, look at you, Shelly Spray codependent. No, no, no. We needed to. Sh- we needed to send him to a different facility. Yeah, yeah. His diabetes and stuff was. That was gnarly. Okay, he, who, he had a lot of physical problems. Yeah. Um, who else? See how good I've learned. But sending, was, sending oh, un- I've been on the front lines. Kicking I know out this. unmotivated. Oh, patient. My Catherine just Hey, came what's in. happening? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, Rudy there you are, buddy. Rudy handed me the microphone. <laughs> Is he out of <laughs> here, eh? Uh, he, uh, he's, I think he went to the bathroom to, to Blaze. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not um, in house. <laughs> in Dr. Drew's home. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. um, see, uh, kicking out unmotivated patients back to an unsupportive environment no bueno. is probably not going to motivate them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't using in the face of adverse consequence keep create the motivation to change to be sober i don't know because it's it's so hard motivation is a funny thing in recovery because i don't know about you guys but the adverse uh consequences can be death in my life had bared no like they they didn't have any motivation for me. Didn't get through it. He had yeah. multiple near. You know, was like the the worst Look times you, in my Bob. life. The worst that times in my life. You at all? The trip to jail. Somebody telling him what to do. That's when. That's yeah. when he had yeah. Rehab, exactly. which rehab did all the time. <laughs> he had the stinkers. But you needed some CO officers. So I I don't I, I don't want to project like that's everyone's experience, but really bad consequences never seemed to have any effect on my motivation to get clean. It was some weird kind of. A noble okay. moment, you know. So in the big trifecta. book, in the big book of AA, of which all of this is based on, it says if you don't like what we're talking about, if you don't believe what we're saying, it doesn't say go try to be sober on your own. It says go drink, considering what we have told you and taught and talked about. Mm-hmm. So the so false since we've gotten off of the main motivation of the of the 20th century of alcohol without treating alcoholism that that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. That's why you have what you have. 
That's my opinion. What, what is this trifecta you speak of? The trifecta is is in the biopsychosocial spiritual model of human beings. There has to be three at the same time, three bottoms. Not one, not two, but three. So you have to hit a bottom. Triple anal, you're three. saying. Three bottoms. <laughs> three bottoms. Back to poppers. Triple anal, mm. three bottoms. <laughs> exactly. That breaks through a portion of the denial system. Mm. somehow it has to be three areas of your life though because just regular consequences not a big deal so, go to jail you adapt you adapt so social the brain adapts needs to be social biological and and something else spiritual, spiritual, spiritual I bet professional too plays a big role yeah. if, if that doesn't count as social it does I, I've yeah. noticed that people sometimes get their denial dropped a little bit when they develop a new kind of connection with another person really like like a like a intimacy not necessarily mm-hmm. not a romantic intimacy just right. often people say oh, i was hanging out i'm i because I, I, I examined people that had a sudden turnaround what think about that louisa yeah giving birth yeah mothers stop using without 12 steps or when they when they know they become pregnant i know you disagree no but the no percentage i know they do of sometimes. women that do sometimes. stop and stay stopped in that first year of the of the birth of the child is that needs to be looked at maybe that's just a it's con- brain chemistry well it could be just brain chemistry but I, i've wondered that but it could be a new kind of connection again. yes that, that's why i the pointed kind, to kind of there's no new brain chemistry there's yes. no really yes. boys don't have that rudy yes. oh that's right i remember children out of our you guys bodies don't know, you guys don't know what happened to his wife his wife's will tell explain what oh, happened like, to the when i got out of the pen dog like um you know she was there was a lot more woman there than I remember. Oh like, my god! And like she was having trouble. She was trying to. She did uh, the como si, the Atkins and really? like the Weight Watchers, yeah. you know, and like Roomba. And she she did it all. And like she was not losing weight. She was getting bigger. So I was like secretly putting meth in her in her food. Did that work? And yeah, she lost like a hundred and nine pounds. <laughs> her horchata. Yeah, and her horchata. <laughs> like she was like, oh, this horchata is so good. I'm gonna go clean the house. <laughs> and like it was working. It was working crazy good. But then. What she chopped, was clean, she, she kids chopped off her leg. Oh. She chopped off her leg because she thought there were bugs in it. Oh, and oh right. So I mean, that's one downside. But like, yeah. you, she's got crutches. Well, <laughs> you know, you figure it out. You figure it out. It's like I look at it this way. If I wait, put it on like the scale of like, of it's like, way like, better now. It's like if a thin she's, wife with no leg, or like a, a fat lighter. wife with both legs. I'll take it's the thin lot. wife with no leg any day. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's a lot lighter. Maybe cut off another. You know. Yeah. You had no homosexual things going in prison, did you? I had a lot. So his, 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 his I had a couple relationships, dog. No, Did no. You really? Oh, you had one uh, cellmate. My Big cellmate Trucha. He, he, Is like, that just gay in jail <laughs> type thing? It's like it's like <laughs> I'll put it this way, Bob Forrest. It's like some of us are different. You know what I'm saying? And like, when it comes to like like sex, dog, like I'm open minded. Oh my god! That's well, but really but he was it. raped in prison. Well, right. The that, first that's time was right. Rape. But like I look at it like um. How like uh, like Stockholm butthole, you know, <laughs> like, like Stockholm syndrome, but for my butt, because like you at start, first, at you first it, was, it was like trauma, but you then like adapt. I I learned to sympathize with, <laughs> with, with, with my with butt trout. trauma with, 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 with trout, uh-huh. trucha, <laughs> trucha, made like he became my friend, like all connected, <laughs> oh and God. then like I used to I I get like um like butterflies in my tummy 
when he would smash my face into the pet in oh. the bed and then do bad things trauma wiring yeah give yeah. me the trauma inside wiring. out culo. rewiring baby. rewiring and, uh, the brain he had some anatomical problems as a result so too. mike so Wait, you hold on. did mike hold just on. go to the bathroom yeah you know, did you leave he, a line in there he, for he, him he, 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 <laughs> He stood up. He's he's walking. He's like you know, okay. My tension. my wife and I. Uh, I'm back, by the way, guys. Okay. My wife and I, who's who's here today. She um, we were talking about how messy our house was, uh, because of of the baby. Like you just things get out of place. You're gonna put Bianca on bath. That's what you're no, 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 no. Oh, I love no. <laughs> if anything, I'd put Bianca on quaaludes or something. <laughs> the last thing she needs is a stimulant. Um, so. I, we were talking about how like messy things had gotten, and, and like, it really was bugging us. Was it bugging her, or was it wait, bugging wait, it was, you? Because it, it seems like you're a real anal guy. It oh. was bugging her Ow. outwardly. It was bugging. It was bugging me too. <laughs> it was bugging me too. But uh, dude, you like things perfect, don't you? Um, in some ways, yes, but in other ways, no. Like, Cars and clothes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Exactly. And it, totally. Mm. And um. Uh. And like um. I don't like when my plans, when someone throws a wrench in in the plans, and rigid. I've kind of gotten had I had to get used to her doing that. Like I just set aside forty extra minutes to be late. To okay, everybody. yeah. But we were talking about how gross things were and how much it was bugging us, and it was just because like the bed was unmade or there was clothes on the floor. And I thought back to when I was using, and how much infinitely more gross I was. Like I was a gross <laughs> person. Like I used to do blow in public toilets mm-hmm. on the toilet it builds your immune system you know what i'm like i'm like but uh, like grown outside. sober mike would ne- I, used no. to, I used to pee the bed so much mm-hmm. yeah. that i just instead of thinking you know what i have a problem I, better pad. Bed, I went and got old people sheets the right. r- rubber ones what else would so you it was just like for breeze and flip that's right. Well, that's what we were talking about. Is how do you mm-hmm. motivate people to see through all that and, yeah. and be willing? to I don't do know something. if you can. I, but, th- but I so, think it's so, three things so, that have to crumble. So maybe something serendipitous in the brain chemistry is what you're saying. Yes. Something social consequence, a loss. See, I think the social loss? consequence has to happen, but it has to be. It has to involve other people because we that's as addicts are yeah. incredibly selfish, but yet don't care about ourselves in any way, right. which is the weirdest combo mm-hmm. so if you're just if you go to jail you get uh, be your you get your leg amputate, amputated because of a car wreck who cares it, it, if you happen to accidentally in a DUI drive over someone yeah. mm-hmm. you're gonna get clean if you right. have that, I think those, mm-hmm. those social I, the one client you. I had that did that did not get clean over mm-hmm. that that's hmm. well, then crazy maybe, well, he, maybe he or while. she he did for a while oh so well, we should yes we had the same client yeah. oh, maybe God. he or she did I didn't. used to work with Dr. Drew <laughs> and Shelly is that yeah. true yeah <laughs> we were a team we've never known we were a team we all three know the guy I'm talking about even I was like Dude, you killed somebody. You can't be drinking like this. But but he was because a weird that, case. That's what you believe, and you've seen, and you've heard in twelve step meetings that once you kill somebody, then you won't. Or, go okay, back. I mean that may be an extreme but circumstance. See, I think he went got so depressed. Yeah, it was that, depression. Yeah. It can flip on you. Yeah. You could the consequences could be so bad that you're just a lifer now. Yeah, that's right. You don't care. Like, yeah, you have no. You're totally yeah. apathetic. This yeah. is why it's so hard to get and stay sober. Uh. And we're just talking about how do people get sober. I think more people need to be kicked out of rehab and not indulged in all this. Transferred. Transferred, <laughs> right? Um, and and money can't be the motivation. The reason why they're not getting kicked out is because that's a head on a bed, and a lot of times that's yeah. usually the highest paying person in the rehab. Cash pay. But your county facilities aren't like that. They're not run like that. There they are no more list. county facilities anymore. 
There Re- aren't. Rena B still there downtown. What's that? Rena B? Yeah, Rena B. It sounds like one of those weird diseases Drew tells me about on Loveline every yeah. third night. No, they're getting rid of all... Trust me, they're going to get rid of Music Cares. I well, was they, at a about, meeting yeah. about it. Well, they might. Obamacare is supposed to take care of everything. There I will know. not need to be any cry helps and impacts unless they're going to go oh, to please. a for-profit insurance-driven model. Oh. There's no reasons for... I'm telling you, there's no reason eventually for Music Cares drug program because all people will have health insurance and go to Hazelden and everybody will live happily get, ever after. Get That's your Bernie Sanders bullshit. I know. Yeah. Then they'll get squeezed no, down boy. and nobody, only, nobody gets, you know, remember how insur- how great it is to have insurances? Terrible. Terrible. Right? So everyone right will have the same terrible insurance. Right now it's not as bad as it was 10 years ago when you were dealing with it. It's pretty good now. You can get rich taking insurance these days, but they're going to have all the power and they're going to turn that faucet of off. Of course. For sure they are. Especially right. with, with treating what we have. Right. You know, because there's no, no real mercy for us. That's right. No, mer- <laughs> you know? no one to advocate for you, you know, everybody says, well, you did it to yourself. So I think that, and I say, no, I didn't. I think the unmotivated and the my oppositionally mom defiant my should be kicked it. out. <laughs> kicked out. Yeah. See this and the, my brain. And my the problem. really willing, the clients Shelly likes so much, of which she has one out of 15 probably right what? now, that are just want it so bad and they'll do anything yeah. Shelly says. They don't need to be there either. They don't need to be there. It's the people in contemplation that need to be, and all of treatment needs to be focused on breaking down denial, ra- cognitive behavioral therapy on the contemplative people. Yeah. You yeah. can't mix all three populations together. Mm-hmm. It's madness. Mm-hmm. It's, and we had that madness on celebrity rehab, and that was one of the entertaining things about it but it's also one of the destructive things that's about like it. it's like campaigning honestly like you're the way you're looking at it and it makes a lot of sense because you don't really want to focus on the people who are going to vote for you no matter what and you certainly don't want to concentrate on the people that are not going to vote for you at exactly. under any circumstances exactly it's those people that are on the fence that you really got to appeal to you know? yeah but again I, the resistant ones interest me you like them. I think I've I've broken through resistances. Like it's it's. Yeah, most, I wore down your where, I wore down your interest in my resistance, and you didn't want <laughs> right. to deal with me. No, that's anymore. right. Well, I wasn't yeah, as good. He's, now. he's like a like a weird alien. Yeah, no, he I was mean, bad. He really oh, he was bad in his day. Yeah, Listen, you guys should have unloaded with them. Hello. Anytime Anthony Kiedis says. That guy's too dark for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't party with him. Yeah. No. He's too intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too That's intense. Bob Forrest. Just think Bob. You should have seen the crack. You should have seen us did on get, the crack. Did you guys use together? Oh, yeah. yeah, all the time. All the time. She yeah. stitched up my back when I got stabbed because I had a worn out for my arrest and didn't want to go to the hospital. Duct tape. <laughs> Duct tape. <laughs> I swear to you, I you, made butterflies with duct tape. You never. <laughs> she made a butterfly bandage with duct tape. Yes. You, and you never. You cut out the little. St- yeah. St- that's what I did. That's what I did. Impressive. See, I, was I got Mother stabbed. Teresa I got stabbed, and I thought, who knows how to fix this without going to a hospital? Shelly. Shelly can figure Shelley's it out. Yeah. And, it's and, it's, it's not, amazing how resourceful <laughs> oh, you become as a drug but addict. But like, yeah. like, like, that's the craziness of drug addiction. Like, you're going to walk into an emergency room, and they're going to call the police. Oh, you have a warrant out for drug possession. Yeah. No, they're it's just going to. Madness that you live in. But I didn't even know that at the time. Uh, that's how effed but, up but I you, was. But you didn't trust right? anything that was part of the oh, social Oh, no. Don't, don't go into... No. Yeah. No popo. No five O's. No fire no, department. Nothing, nothing call, with an office. No. Anything that involves nothing. an office. Nothing official. Uh-uh. Yeah. So nothing nothing with an emblem. But I don't think people <laughs> shall know your history. Mm-hmm. Tell them oh, quickly. Oh, they don't your, know yeah. that I got loaded with Bob Forrest. No, no. I mean, you're quickly... Oh, oh. Um, my poly substance addiction, yeah. starting at like, uh, oh, you know, hyperventilating was my first, uh, my first drug. Hyperventilation. I learned how to do that when I was about sixth grade. 
And then I started to do that. And then I fell and I had a consequence. Hurt my nose. (laughs) Fell forward instead of backwards on the bed. (laughs) Oops. Right into the dresser. Just. Oh, man. Then then my mom's like, what are you doing? Nothing. You know, it already started right then. That's that's exactly. That's that's the whole thing. Mike's wishing he would have thought of that. Look at him. Oh, no. We used to do that. We used to do that one where, you know, you grab from behind. behind. And you breathe, breathe, Then you blow it out as hard as you can. And then your friend would grab you from the, like, the sternum. And we'd pass out. There's crazy crazy footage of Steve-O being thrown to the ground after one of those episodes when he was using. Yeah. Ironically, the. I used to pass out like using certain drugs like GHB was a one where I would constantly drink it to the point that I would just fall over like I got shot <laughs> like not you know the thing about like heroin or like a, certainly um, like uh, the opiate based pills is that there's like a, a, a gradual decline to passing out um, mm-hmm. I used to drink GHB and I would use other substances so my brain would be like alert I'd be like you know smoking rock and, mm-hmm. and be on key, but I was drinking this drug that would eventually shut my brain off and I would be to like talking to you and just go boom you know and I never really hurt myself the only time I ever hurt myself pat, like falling over I was taking a shit at my parents house I was like a, I was like 14 and sober mm-hmm. and I was taking a shit for so long that yeah. my feet fell asleep, my legs fell asleep and I had done <laughs> I had done like big squat workout the next day the day before oh, and I no. went I went you to get up down. yeah and it's my body like, <laughs> just went down I had little like like yeah. like linguini legs and they just I smashed my head on the bathtub what's your Ouch. exposure rate what age uh alcohol probably What's seventh grade? Like 13, 12, 12, 12 13. Yeah. What's your show? But, but I, I, run, 12. I, I wasn't a kid who immediately when I got an inebriating substance in me, I was like, this is it. So, Drew. It wasn't until about 16 where I was like, I need to continually be inebriated. I Drew. Was, I was a blackout alcoholic by the time I was 17. I had to quit drinking. When Oof. the opiates start? Mm, 20. I went through phases where I went to, I went out. She always had a job, a if that matters. It's she just, always had I, a job. You stay another hour. I, I it was so great. I am so classic, right? The trauma and then yeah. the early use and then more trauma and then it went alcohol, weed, speed, crack and then it went to opiates. Wow. And how'd you how'd you support the habit? Um well, I did this funny thing. I stole from my parents, but ah. they didn't know that I was stealing from them. They thought That's Bernie different- Madoff that's a difference. <laughs> That's a difference in pa- in kids mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. They don't care if they get caught. They steal the whole wad of money. Yeah. Mm. I would always, and Shelly would always, you just take what they won't notice. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't alert them. Shelly and Bob are like uh, the oh old grizzled bank robbers in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you see, like the Humphrey Bogart would come in and tell like Jimmy Cagney's like, "You're getting greedy, kid. <laughs> you gotta do it slowly." <laughs> Yeah, or when uh, De Niro comes up to the guy in, in Goodfellas, he's like, yeah. I told you not to be flashy with the money. You buy a pink Cadillac. <laughs> uh-huh, I told you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That so those my family those statements know. are true. Well, and also, I, I bet you you're right, but because they're, they're kicked in like to hyperdrive with that motivation because of the pills and stuff. Like mm-hmm. back in, I, even, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm certainly an old timer because my first exposure to drugs and alcohol was alcohol and then weed. Like ninety nine percent of humanity until the last like ten years, where now kids are, kids are popping Norcos before they even think to blaze a joint. Well, they're 11, getting them from the emergency room when they break their arm. That's what they're getting. Them. Twelve. Elvis was already on it, had his adenoids out, and he was high, and he mm-hmm. was having fun and talking dreamy talk, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, oh my god! Ivy was on fentanyl at birth. Uh. Mm-hmm. But but. But let's uh, you're you're the two parts of your history. Mm-hmm. I want to quickly get out there. One is the 
Xanax withdrawal thing. Oh it's yeah, so the post acute withdrawal yeah. that lasts like you're a cuckoo bird for like two years. They thought she was psychiatrically. They put in locked units. It repeatedly. looks like benzo benzo withdrawal looks like someone's cuckoo. lost their mind. I lost yeah. my mind. Yeah, like that eat, was your, eat your poo. Lost your mind. Yeah, like you belong no, in a padded room. Seriously, yeah. I was in serious. Eat your alien. poo. Wait a minute. Eat your a poo. A year. Just a hyperbole. A little, a year. little <laughs> license. A little, little poetic. Wait, I don't. I don't mean he's that. He's talking she, literal. <laughs> I don't mean that she was literally eating the poo poo. Yeah, I didn't do that. No, but, but it's crazy. Shit, shit eating crazy. Shit eating crazy. I mean, I literally or German. I had so much. I had so many psychiatric symptoms that I was diagnosed every... I took Haldol, for God's sake. You know, I mean, Haldol's like a heavy duty. Yeah, it was terrible, yeah. terrible. I was at Cedars. They were like, how'd you're they bipolar, them, you're this, you're that. I just escaped from there. How'd I, they finally make... Anybody make the right diagnosis? Just in retrospect, you see that. Just uh, d- major depressive depression. disorder. Yeah. That's it. Depression and drug mm-hmm. addiction. That's what but I'm But no one ever get. gave you any kind of barbiturate or neuron or anything that help arbitrate they gave me they gave me lots of things but the final thing was yeah i just needed the gabapentin i mean that's really all i needed was 900 milligrams of gabapentin it could have cleared me right up and i could have been not in the psych ward with a year of sobriety because i went cuckoo right yeah the the benzos were brutal do they make those drugs anymore Benzos? How? No, and obviously benzos, but I meant like the, like the some yeah. of the old school. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I yeah. have a client on lithium. I, I just don't understand. Lithium's why. good. Lithium's it, fine. It's cheap. It's for, you got to get blood one. checked all the time. Yeah, but if you can't take uh, same with steroids, lamictal, it's it's very good. It is lamictal. good. I like Latuda now. Oh, do you like it? Yes. Yeah, I wondered about I that. Do. I like um, it. We just went down. Do you, a do you think that? Sorry, sorry. Do you think that there's different types of trauma that trigger women versus men? Yes. Yes. I mean, we all know that there's a genetic under undertone of, of addiction that comes with it, comes with being born. But then also, do you think that there's, I, I feel like there's different types of trauma that, that really put men or women on, on the beeline to being like heavy users, you know? Yes. I think men have a really hard time tolerating any kind of powerlessness in their youth where they are systematically taken, their power is taken away from them. Yeah. I think that that causes so much problems. And I think that when they're, they're what kind disempowered. Of in what, what kind of problems in adulthood? Well, obviously the drug addiction. Codependency. And then codependency. Oh, oh really? How about and, like criminal behavior? And then yeah. and your antisocial personality yeah. disorders. Because yeah. the powerlessness, they can't tolerate it. And that's what I see mostly when I'm working with, with guys is that at somebody depowered them. Yeah at some age I'm totally with you and they depowered them to which then they needed to compensate for that so they have the shadow self back there in the self-destructive with the the depowering would helicopter momming would that create a depowering no that's empowered that's falsely empowered falsely empowered either way right like the like Jason Waller it was falsely empowered Yes. If it, it becomes too intrusive, mm-hmm. it's disempowering. Right. Well, he had he he's a special case because he was. I don't know his family background, but if he was falsely empowered and then being TV and almost impossibly handsome, mm-hmm. so well, girls were probably mm-hmm. walking, you know, walk Lying over broken glass to, to be with him. So that it, that adds to it, and then he gets put on TV, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, gets no, that. These are you know tough. what's funny. <laughs> like I have a lot of different handsome men friends. When you say it to Jason, you go, he just acknowledges it. I think that's healthy that yeah. he acknowledges yeah. that he's to. a very attractive man. Yeah. I have other friends who are like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm not like the most handsome man in the world by most people's regulation. You tell me he's handsome, 
He just goes, oh, dude, come on. Even if you're... How the, fucking weird is that? Even if you're insecure about it. Is he a musician? It, no, he's Even if actor. you're insecure about it... Oh, uh, an actor. You oh, got wow. to do that because nothing annoys me more than when you're like on a red carpet and like Megan Fox will walk by, like the, the most perfect looking person. And she's like, oh, you don't even understand. You should see me without makeup. And it's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, when, Clooney, Clooney's the best about it. They'll be like, you know, you're, you got everything you're... He goes, oh, thank you very much. Thank That's you. very nice of you to say. You know, like he That's just, a boom. solid ego. That's a healthy ego. That's a healthy ego state, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Healthy okay. Ego state. Let's talk about self-esteem for a second. These kids have too much self-esteem. I agree. What I think, created it? I think, what that creates it? false empowerment. It's I, not self-esteem. I think low self-esteem is a, is a healthy thing. Yes. It makes you it makes you take responsibility for things. Appropriate low self yes. Makes you take responsibility for things and it makes you want to do better. Not be not better. like me, like zero self esteem. Me too. So, yeah. so <laughs> zero self esteem, that's a so really good. big problem. Well, it, I think it also Mike, plays, where do you register on the self esteem? Uh low. Low, but uh, inappropriately low. Forty percentile? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't even have a now I mean I'm much higher now than I ever was, but um you know, Shelly was talking about t- having being depowered mm-hmm. and as a young guy you know drew and i've talked about my sexual trauma and having an older woman kind of take right my virginity but i i've always speculated that when i was like right around the same age so yeah it was maybe six months later i got the shit beaten out of me like to the point where my okay my survival instinct right was kick, like i was like oh my god these guys are gonna kill me and okay. it was like numerous guys they were way bigger they were older kids and i got beat to the point like okay. i didn't know how to go home Without my parents going, oh, we got to take you to the emergency room. So okay. I had to like run away essentially for like four, you know, half a day. Okay. Um, and I think that has stuck with me more. Oh, yeah. Well, that and that near drowning thing was that the same one? Yeah. Because I, I, I oh one day I, I just felt it. And I went, have you mm-hmm. had drowning or something? I, was, I had that weird thing I do sometimes. Yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, the kids held my head underwater. I was like, yeah. Oh, it's all, it's that stuff that yeah. happens at those certain ages yeah. where it just lodges in your brain and you're different. You're just different from that point forward. You are just different. And we got to wrap this up, but but quickly. Oh no! I know. I know. It went by tell so the, fast. Tell the tell the surgery the surgery story. Is the other thing I like people. Oh hear. oh, the surgery. Yes, I had um, surgery, and it was an emergency. I had four years of sobriety, and I had to go in. I didn't have preparation because I, you know, whatever. We don't talk about Kaiser and you know how they do things, but um, I had to go into emergency surgery. They kept me open. I woke up loaded on opioids. However, not Ooh. high. Not high because I was in abject terror when they cut your stomach and everything. It's like uh, painful. You don't have to tell me, Haina. Oh, really? <laughs> I got shanked many times. You know, my guts all over my legs. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it hurts really bad for a long time. So they gave me uh, morphine and blah, blah, blah. But I woke up. I woke up and I was, I was literally like, I need more right away i need dilaudid oh would you give me morphine no i need demerol no i need i was just like controlling controlling i was like i need this i need that knowledgeable I client but also like bullshitting like, too like when was your last shot i don't know four hours ago yeah it's like, just completely i was glued to the clock right i had the thing so she in was arm, in full, glued fully to the clock. in her disease when is my next shot is all i cared about i didn't want my husband there this is what's great. I didn't want my husband there at the time. I didn't want my family there. I wanted to pull the curtains. I wanted to watch TV. If I had Captain Crunch, I would have been eating it. Hmm. For four days, I was deep in. And they had to literally come and just extricate me. And you were aware that you were back in it. I was aware. Yeah. Yeah. It was nasty. It. it was nasty. And I was mean. 
you know, just like I left off, Bob, remember, we would get mean, mm-hmm. like at the end, we would be like the, we called them the heroin meanies, because you would just get nasty. You had to like, look out for yourself. It was weird. You just get nasty. And I was just nasty. Heroin meanies. That's a terrible little league team. The heroin <laughs> meanies. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this up. Shelly, uh, you're yes. welcome back anytime. Oh, please I mean, let me come back. Mike, thanks for visiting. We're going to do oh, a yes. separate podcast with you. And uh, anything you want people to know? Find um, you anything? Find me. I mean, you're too busy, so I don't send you more patients. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have ShellySprague.com up ah, and running. Okay, right. I've had this. S P R A G U E. S P R A G U E. I'm gonna have that up and running, and I want to do some blogging on like what I talk about. You know, like my you know everything boils down to one Molecule. genetic. Molecule, dopamine. I'm have to that's teach the, you all about the, the mo- biology I'm, of that molecule. I'm so excited. See, <laughs> the, Drew, I owe my whole, all of this, I owe to you. You got me started in the brain and I have not let up since. I Good. love the brain. I am so excited about it. Who knew? I was shooting dope with Bob, but I'm actually a good scientist. See? Yeah. I didn't know. Well, you, no were, you were experimental scientists at that point. Yes, of exactly. all the people on the earth. Okay. Right. This Life podcast on Twitter Da, 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 da. Well, this podcast.com also we have, don't we? Or do we not? Just Twitter. Yes, we oh, we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us at drdrew.com. Uh, click Google through, us. Click through on Amazon, please. My number is 213-804-3843. That's 213-804-3843. Because people need help, too. we got to okay, get the message out. Get other... He has two phones. I have why. two phones. That's okay. Why. And, <laughs> and we click through the Amazon banner that supports this show so we can keep doing it. Uh, we need, it turns out we need a new computer to be able to run this thing. turns out. Um, Donations. Yeah. Anyone. Right. I want to remind people that today's episode is courtesy of Rocky Mountain Treatment Center. And uh, please support the people who support the uh, show. We do try to have people worthwhile. Um, Tell your friends. Yeah, worthwhile uh, yeah. people to advertise in this program. We'll see you next time. You're a soul fire. I'm a cop.